0: Welcome back to the Nerd Alert Podcast, I'm Dave Rome and this week we have another deep dive episode about a topic that could have a positive effect on everyone that rides a bike. No, I'm not talking about waxing chains or better hex keys, which you should consider, rather the topic of helmet safety. The world of bicycle helmet standards is more than a little foggy. In order for a helmet to be sold in a major market, it must pass the relevant safety standards. But all of these standards simply ensure that the helmet meets a certain level of protection against a linear impact. And the standards effectively assume that reducing the force of the linear impact will reduce the impact on the brain. However, there's plenty of research that points to the effects of rotational impacts on the brain, something the existing standards don't test for. Virginia Tech is a user-funded lab that does independent testing of helmets for the reduction of rotational forces. And thanks to them, we the consumers have a little insight into whether one helmet is safer than the next. The good news is that there's a standards body in Europe actively working to help implement a test protocol that's not too different to what Virginia Tech is doing. This body is called Working Group 11 or WG11 for short, and their work is very likely going to help reduce the number of brain injuries suffered from cycling crashes. However, where things get a little confusing is that the likes of Rudy Project and KASK have already started promoting that their helmets meet WG-11 test standards. To help clarify what this working group is, what the test involves, and what the future of helmet safety may look like, I called up a special guest who's a true expert on the topic, Peter Halden. Peter acts as a convener of the working group 11. He also happens to be the chief science officer and a co-founder
1: of MIPS. Hi, my name is uh, Peter Hallin, uh, I'm living in Stockholm. I was born in Stockholm. Um, I've been studying in Stockholm. Uh, I've always been curious to uh, find solutions for things. And uh, when I started my PhD at uh, KTH in Stockholm, Sweden, I met with a brain surgeon who had questions regarding how many uh, that more and more people entered into his operational uh, room and. Um, we uh, decided to start research on head and neck injury biomechanics. And uh, that is uh, biomechanics is a word uh, meaning uh, trying to understand how biological tissue behaves mechanically. And we have focused on the human head, brain, the the neck, cervical spine, etc. So that's uh, a little bit of my background. I have a family, three kids, I I like... uh, Bicycling, I drive motorcycle, I love skiing in the winter, and so on. Okay, and uh, I guess yeah, that PhD turned into a, into
0: a, a business, did it? What's, uh, what happened from the studies? What, what did you find, and,
1: and what was created? I started my PhD in 1995, um, and in uh, 1996, uh, we came up with uh, the MIPS uh, idea. Uh, reading about the anatomy in the human head and the brain, uh, we we uh, understood, or I asked my supervisor Hans von Holst if this sliding layer that is between the brain and the skull can be used, uh, where the brain can can move inside of the cerebrospinal fluid, can be used in, in a helmet, and then the idea was born. And we uh, kind of understood after a while that this is something that we actually can uh, or have a potential to save lives. It was never our our or my intention to start a company, but then uh, we got funding that forced us actually to start this company. Uh, And then uh, since uh, 2001, I've been working part-time at the university and part-time in the MIPS uh, company. Okay. And what do you do for MIPS these days? Well, I actually continue to do uh, basic research, trying to understand the real accident situation, Uh, trying to understand how we better can test helmet. Uh, So from the real accident, try to understand how can we mimic or simplify this into the test laboratory.
0: Mm.
1: And that has also been my part uh, the last uh, 10 years working real hard uh, in the European Standardization Committee, CEN, TC158, to work for improved uh, test uh, methods that can be used in test standards.
0: Okay. And what is the what is the general goal, I guess, of of your research and of of the MIPS product? For I, I assume everyone listening to this is familiar with the product. But what is the
1: what is the product trying to achieve or or, or solve for? The MIPS, uh, uh, to simplify explain it, is that we have mimicked the cerebrospinal fluid that we have between the head and the brain or the skull and the brain. Uh, so in a helmet, we have a sliding layer that can move. Rel- so if we have when we have the helmet on our head, we can move the helmet relative to our head about ten to fifteen millimeters sideways in all directions. So it's an omnidirectional system that should uh, add protection for any type of impact. Uh, yeah. So so that that is of course uh, a product that we believe know can save uh, lives. Mm-hmm. We have tested it in our test laboratory so, so we know that it will reduce uh, the rotational kinematics that we measure in the test laboratory. And rotation, uh, the brain is more sensitive to rotation than a pure linear impact. So, uh, and that's due to that the brain is more sensitive to the rotational impact than a linear impact. And you can take the uh, example of a woodpecker. A woodpecker hits his head into the th- tree in extremely high acceleration, linear acceleration, but the woodpecker hits perfectly straight. So there is no rotation of the woodpecker's head or the brain okay. during the impact. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get concussion. And what, what uh, uh, MIPS and other rotational mitigation systems do is trying to reduce the rotational cinematics otherwise transmitted into the brain.
0: All right. One uh, before we we get into the I guess the meat of why why you're on today, I guess uh, I wanted to just discuss the, the idea of MIPS and there's a few questions around that, which is the the one being uh, that hair acts as a as a slip layer. What what can you say to to that internet argument that often comes up?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, if you put your helmet on your head and uh, then uh, you can quite easily move the helmet relative to your head. So then you might ask yourself, why do I need a system like MIPS? But if you think of the impact situation when you hit the ground, uh, the real impact to a hard surface like the road is really short. It's like 10 milliseconds long and during this very short time, The acceleration peak is very high uh, uh, resulting in in a force that is similar to have around 10 people standing on your helmet and if you have 10 people standing on your helmet it's not that easy to move the helmet relative to your head and that's why we need this low coefficient of friction layer between the head and uh, the helmet. Okay internet there you have it. With that let's jump into the topic of this
0: episode. If you look at the newest helmets from Kask and Rudy Project, they're promoting this mysterious WG-11. Peter, what is WG-11?
1: Yeah, WG-11 is a working group within CEN, European Standardization Committee, TC-158. TC TC stands for Technical Committee. So number 158 is head... uh, uh, regarding helmets, so standards uh, for helmets. Working Group 1 is uh, uh, construction helmets, Working Group 4 is bicycle, 5 is equestrian. Working Group 11 uh, is working horizontally for all the other working groups uh, to develop new test methods uh, that can be used in, in standards, also developing a new head form, of uh, a more biofidelic head form. Interesting. Okay. And what, what's your involvement with them? I'm the convener for that working group since 2012.
0: Okay. All right. So it's not a new group. It's just uh, recently come to the, the public face.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has been... Uh, uh, actually, I, I, I don't really know when it started uh, or when they initiated the Working Group 11. But I mean, I think it started like in the or or something. Okay. And these days, what is the goal of that group? What are you trying to achieve? Well, as a, uh, I mean, uh, the, the uh, work within, within working group 11 can be, I mean, uh, around details in a specific test standard to develop some part in, in, a, in a test or developing the new head form, as I said. In this case, we have developed uh, the test method to mimic an angle impact to the ground So, what we did when we started this, um, uh, or when I came aboard as a convener of working group uh, 11, we started to try to understand because you can test the angle impact in many different ways. In this case, what we uh, test uh, today is uh, that we uh, have a free falling head impacting a 45 degree angle impact surface. Uh, There's uh, both in Australia and and, uh, also in in other test laboratories in Europe where they have used uh, a movable plate. So you drop the helmet and the head on a movable plate that also will mimic an angle impact if you fall from a bicycle, for example. You have a speed forward and you will hit the ground at an angle. So what we try to do is to have a very controlled test uh, in the test laboratory to really know what we are measuring. For example, there was a lot of questions if we can mimic the cinematics in an impact with only the head and not have uh, a neck attached to the head. And we spent a lot of time and our conclusion and also other uh, uh, research groups' conclusion is that for short duration that we not don't need the neck to, to uh have control in, in, in the test, so, so uh, to say. Okay. So we don't need the neck uh, as a boundary for the head for this short-duration impact. The neck will not have time to affect the head so much that we need to take it into account. So the damage
0: to the brain occurs before the neck effectively has a chance to bend or...
1: Exactly, exactly, yeah. So during this 10 milliseconds, yep. the head will only rotate about 10 degrees and that's when the 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 helmet has to do its job, and then we have had questions like we we uh, uh, decided to develop a complete n- new headform. Today it exists a headform that is just metal. It's called the EN960 headform, and then we uh, we have the hybrid three headform that has a more rubber skin surface. So we concluded that both these head forms are not um, developed for rotational impact uh, situations. And we decided to develop a new head form that is uh, more biofidelic uh, in many different ways.
0: Okay. What does that look like?
1: It looks uh, (laughs) like uh, mine or your head. Okay. Um, This head form is... is, um, uh, I mean it should have the I mean uh, a mass uh, a weight that represents uh, the human population for different head sizes we have something that is called moment of inertia that is important for the rotational aspects we have uh, looked into scanned uh, 4000 scanned heads to develop uh, a new more biofidelic head shape we have the face included, uh, and also what is uh, very important is a coefficient of friction between the helmet and the head head form. So we have spent a lot of time to try to understand what coefficient of friction that is the most suitable to mimic a human uh, head and the helmet. How did you How did you research that? Were you just rubbing sandpaper
0: uh, against sculpts of volunteers, or what is <laughs> no, yeah. it?
1: No, I mean. There has been uh, some uh, experiments uh, published in scientific uh, uh, journals Uh, and recently there was a work uh, at the University of Leuven in Belgium where they used uh, donated heads from from, uh, dead people then uh, with and without hair and measuring the coefficient of friction between the fabric normally used in a helmet and uh, these heads.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Okay. So you've got research
0: from universities, and then the brands you mentioned are they are they in the public the the brands, or is that more uh, a secret that can't be shared?
1: I don't think that is secret. Okay. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not sure to be honest. Okay. Uh, in uh, working group eleven, for example, it's uh, uh, people from uh, Laser, Scott, uh, Dainese, Schubert, Kask. So it's, uh, the difficult part here is when I name this, is I probably forget. I know that there is in, in working group, group working group four, for example, there are other brands that are also involved. Uh, working group five and, and uh, etc. So of course there is a lot of brands involved in in the work. Um, one problem in in uh, could be, I mean, to to in working group eleven uh, and four. I think uh, the match is good. You have people from the university, from Tesla, Borchers helmet brands, also uh, cons- consumer agencies, uh, and so on. So we have a good mix mm-hmm. uh, of uh, people. There are examples also in uh, working groups where it's more uh, only helmet manufacturers. That it's only thinking of what 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 is important for them. So I think the the mix here is very important in the group. Yeah, and there's a real a science approach to it by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Everything should be based on on science from from the start, and then you always have to make simplifications. That. Uh, yeah. Are
0: there any American voices in that group, or is it is it predominantly being a European standard? It's a.
1: Yeah, it is only uh, invited members in from europe yeah Uh, we have had uh, guests from u.s in in uh, in the work and people uh, and uh, i tried to share as uh, as i said a, a lot of information from working group 11 to astm and other researchers in u.s to to work for this harmonization okay all right so winding back a little bit, you mentioned that
0: 45-degree um, angled impact test. Is that, is that trying to simulate, I guess, the, the kind of rotational impact that, that would often leave someone with a concussion? Is that the idea of that test, or what's it, uh, what's it really trying to, to find?
1: Well, if you take bicycle accidents, for example, and look into accident statistics, uh, we can see that... Um, an impact uh, speed between 6 and 7 meter per second at an angle of 45 degrees are uh, the most common accident situation. Uh, now we look into accident statistics from uh, mostly recreational uh, accidents. There are not so much data from competition races and, and so on. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but that that is something, that is the kind of accident where
0: someone would, without a, a slip layer, potentially walk away with a concussion?
1: Well, it's difficult to say like that. Yeah, I okay. mean, we, we know that we um, uh, with the improvements in the helmet, we can reduce the rotational uh, energy transmitted into the head and the brain. Yep. Of course, it's very individual. It's uh, depending on the impact point and everything on... On the helmet, uh, so I mean, we we can never say that we will uh, uh, that you will not get a concussion, of course. But uh, 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 I mean, the uh, maybe one of your questions in the uh, in the beginning was um, if the test method that we are using uh, is. Uh, I mean a situation where you definitely where you can get a head in your brain injury, a concussion or more severe brain injuries. And yes, it is. But uh, in the standard, we both first we have the test method, uh impact speed, impact angle. We have the head form, we can choose, for example, different coefficient of frictions uh between the helmet and the head. And uh we try to get the uh, as uh, human-like properties, we try to mimic the real accident situation. But then it's about the pass-fail criteria that we set. In the head form, we have instrumentation where we can measure both the linear and the rotational kinematics accelerations in this head form. And then we have these measurements, so, for example, in, in uh, the normal uh, or the current test standards where mostly uh, a linear impact is, uh, is used, we use the linear acceleration where there is a pass-fail criteria in linear, linear acceleration measured in g's. So, 1 g is, well, the gravity we have on, on Earth, 250 g's is acceleration of the head where it's a a risk for a skull fracture. For the rotational cinematics, there are other metrics that can be used as a pass-fail criteria that uh, often is related to the rotational velocity of the head that we can measure. So depending on where you put this limit, then you can put this limit to uh, pass helmets that uh, in this test Will not uh, relate to a risk for concussion, or you can increase the the bar, so to say, uh, and helmets that uh, or tests that could be related to risk for concussion, but not for uh, more severe brain injuries, okay. like uh, bleedings in in the, in the, in the head. Gotcha. Okay, and I guess we're talking about standards here.
0: Uh, is this? Is this new test? Is it is it already implemented, or is it currently? Is is the goal to have it implemented into a CEN standard helmet? What's what's the current status of this?
1: Well, the ball bo- bo- ball is in uh, is rolling. Okay, uh, so to say, things take time uh, in, in in standardization. Uh, it's a long process. The test method in such is uh, I would say more or less. Ready to be used, and there is the discussion right now to use it uh, in the re- revision of the new bicycle test standard. Okay, but uh, it is uh, not yet decided, uh, and uh, we are right now in the middle of a final round robin test in Europe, where we compare results between different test laboratories uh, and. Uh, so, so it, it looks promising, but uh, there is no uh, decision yet.
0: So, the, this test that we're talking about doesn't have an inf- impact on. Uh, sorry, wrong choice of words, but it doesn't have an influence on a helmet, a helmet that you might buy from a retailer today. It's it's unlikely that a CE or a CEN standard helmet sold today has has been involved in this. No, no, no. there,
1: there is no 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 standard uh, today that yep. use this. Test method yep. except uh, ECE 2206 for motorcycle helmets. They use uh, the same principle uh, but it's not the same test method as we are developing within working group 11. Okay. We, uh, for example we propose to use uh, this new head form while ECE 226 for motorcycle helmets use the EN 960 metal head form. Okay, so it's, it's less human in its
0: characteristics? Yes. Yeah, okay. And the, I guess so the, the test, you spoke about other tests, I guess one thing that the one that consumers are probably most um, aware of is the Virginia Tech testing out of uh, the university in, in the United States. How does that test compare to what the working group 11 has been conceptualizing and, and is, is looking to, to have approved?
1: Yeah, it it is uh, based on the same principles. They also come to the conclusion, for example, then not to use a neck. They also impact at (coughs) uh, 45 degrees uh, angle. They use a little bit different, uh, a higher speed and a lower speed. They have other impact points. They use uh, another head form. Uh, it's called the Noxy head headform, so it's uh, um, uh, a, th- a fourth headform uh, uh, the, for the other headforms that we just discussed. It's a little bit similar to the Hybrid 3. <clears throat> uh, in a sense, it uh, is more biofidelic uh, headform when it comes to the head shape uh, and um, some uh, other features. But it's, uh, I would say, in principle, it's the same test method as we uh, proposed from working group uh, 11. What is the timeline for implementing this
0: new test protocol?
1: The timeline is that Working Group 4, that is working for the new bicycle test standard in Europe, EN 1078, uh, are working for a standard that should be published uh, in April 2024. Or, sorry, not published, but it should be <clears throat> ready. Okay. April 2024 and then it would take another year or so for getting it published. So uh, that standard um, might come into action 25-ish. Um, then if uh, the the standard that or test method that we develop in working group 11 is in a final stage uh, specifically when it comes to the new head forms that should be in line uh with the timeline of uh, the bicycle test standard. Mm-hmm. so they they will uh, uh, go in parallel uh, and then we don't know when uh, also other test standards in Europe might then adopt the new test method for uh, from working group 11 for a question, Uh, And other helmet segments.
0: What what other helmet segments are in there? Is it just is it all recreational sports that use helmets, or is it is it not that simple?
1: Uh, Oh, no, yeah, it's uh, uh, bicycle, ski, equestrian, uh, mountaineering. It's also firefighting, uh, uh, construction, uh, safety helmets, and uh, um, yeah, there there is. A group working for e-bike helmets, etc. Interesting. Okay, so e-bike helmets are separate from from bicycle. Yes, it is. Even if uh, it's uh, a little bit strange in (laughs) a way, that is like that. That's unexpected. Okay. And so the timeline you're
0: saying approximately three years until this could become an official standard. But even then, there's probably there's a couple of there's normally a few years for the transition, correct? Before the before businesses have exactly, to exactly. You know, remove their stock from sale. So it's still a little ways out, but it's, um, it's still exciting that there's, there's progress in this space.
1: Yeah, I mean, the important here, I think, is, as I said, the ball is rolling. We are using the latest uh, science in uh, head and neck injury biomechanics to develop better test standards that in the end will give all helmet manufacturers tools to develop better, safer helmets, uh, and the, really uh, what I think is that it will ma- we, 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 will, we are adding an, uh, a new component, a new dimension, definitely uh, the number of uh, brain injuries will be reduced in in the coming ten years. Okay, fantastic. So where I'm I guess a
0: little unsure at the moment is uh where do the brands such as Kask that are putting WG eleven on a sticker on their helmets, where does where does that come in given this isn't an existing standard? Like what does that sticker mean from Kask's point of view? Have you have you seen that they've that they're advertising this? You, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So what are, what are they basically... I mean, they've been very quiet as to what that means. They're saying they're going to talk about it in, in the near future, but it means that their helmet is very safe. Are they basically implying that their
1: helmet will
0: pass this new test?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, I don't know where that is coming from because they haven't used the, the test method from Working Group 11. They have developed something in-house, uh mixing EC226 and um, knowledge from uh, working group uh, 11 <clears throat> so to me it is um a bit misleading uh and it can lead to miscommunication to the end consumer uh what uh, i cannot say really uh so much about the the um, uh, uh what to say um Uh, the protection in their helmet. Uh, Of course, I've seen the the, um, uh, helmets from from KASK. But uh, the the problem uh, to me is that they have uh, misused uh, the Working Group 11 name in uh, a logo that could be misleading. Of course, Working Group 11 is not (laughs) well-known uh to the end consumer so uh, i don't know what people would think about that um but it uh, uh, they in the early uh, launch uh they definitely related uh the logo to uh cnts 158 working group 11 so uh, then they removed it uh, from their website um and um uh we we of course have a dialogue with with uh, Kask, uh about it uh and uh, yeah yeah okay so it's a little uh perhaps they they release
0: something with a a name they uh that's not directly linked with the working group 11 it's it's yeah it's one for me to follow up by the sounds of it
1: yeah but uh, uh, as this area is is uh, also so important i think it's it's very uh, it's important that all people working in the standards, um, people that have uh, the knowledge, uh, also should take a very uh, 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 res- be responsible, also with the communication that is is spread out, because we don't want to have uh, misunderstandings and uh, miscommunication, and it's also difficult for for journalists to to really understand what this is about, and. Uh, It's easy to kind of believe in something and someone say, okay, we have something that should save you, but uh, then uh, we don't really all agree on on that. So it's important to have kind of um, uh, information that is correct because this is something that is new. It shouldn't be (laughs) really uh new in in that sense uh because we have known since the 40th that the human head and brain is more sensitive to rotation than pure linear impacts i mean we we have been uh, people have been in boxing fights since uh, i don't know when, when we we could walk and uh, you can take a lot of linear impacts you can look at boxing matches and then if someone will get an uh hit to the side or uppercut where we get the rotation of the head and that's when you're knocked out and there is a lot of research on that in us in the 60s 70s uh where they definitely uh, correlated the higher injury risk to also the rotational component
0: okay uh with wg11 do you foresee a day where this is part of the standards uh and i guess every helmet that that is suitable for sale needs to have some sort of rotational reduction system or technology is that is that the way this is heading or is it not so simple
1: uh, difficult <laughs> question uh in a sense i mean standards should be a minimum safety requirement uh and By that said, uh, I mean, the most important is that you're using a helmet that is uh, number one, two and three on on my... uh, 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 (coughs) if we should rank the important is to use a helmet. Uh, Then if you want to have a helmet that is safer, of course, uh, I'm I'm myself using a helmet with a rotational mitigation system. Uh, My kids are using it, Uh, but I don't uh, perceive uh, that or I mean... We are not developing a new standards in Europe uh, uh, to get only helmets with a rotational mitigation system in 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 uh, um, uh, right now. <laughs> but of course, uh, when you when you start, I mean, when you introduce the airbag into cars, uh, now uh, first some cars had it. Now it's a, it is a standard. So uh, if, if there are systems that will make it safer, of course, it will in the end become a standard. Uh, but the standards in per se should have uh, be state-of-the-art uh, in a sense, but be a lower uh, uh, kind of baseline for safety. Then we have rating methods. I mean, there are ratings... Uh, programs both in Australia, Europe, US, uh, which will guide then consumer to say the safest or the most ventilated helmet, yep. etc. Okay. So,
0: I guess the the standard that you're working on here is it's it is possible for a helmet to pass it without having MIPS, for example. Is that yeah? Is that possible for this test? It it it. There are helmets out there that could could pass the test that don't have some form of yeah rotation specific rotational feature or is it do you think it's going to be tough for them to pass the standard
1: yeah i'm, I'm i i am sure that, that um uh helmets can pass without okay. a system like mips definitely and i i mean we can look into ec 226 the motorcycle test standard where most of the helmets on the market will uh pass the rotational test in in that and when you first introduce something new, you probably set the bars uh, quite high so most helmets in the beginning will pass and then you can lower the, the bar. So everything is about the pass-fail criteria that you are using. Mm-hmm. The test method is designed to measure uh, both linear and rotational head cinematics. It's developed to mimic the real accident situation. And uh, but then you can of course uh, if you reduce the the bar that will uh, make the helmet to pass then of course uh, it will be more difficult for helmets that is not that good to mitigate the rotational uh, energy uh, yeah. okay. a, an impact. One,
0: I guess one more standards question which is uh, in the US they have CPSC uh, standard uh, yeah. how does that rate to uh, I guess if Working Group Eleven gets their gets their work approved and it becomes part of the, the CEN standard, how will those two compare as a test? Will do you believe the CEN standard would then be a superior test as a as a measure of safety at that point? Uh,
1: yes, definitely. And I think uh, we we are trying to share our information to the test standardization committees, including. CPSC, it's not really a standard, uh, standardization committee in that sense, but uh, ASTM, for example, to spread our information for uh, harmonization between U- Europe and US uh, and uh, also uh, I have di- dialogues with uh, people in, in Australia like uh, Andrew McIntosh, for example, that is uh, doing a great job uh, for, for Australia. Um, and uh, we we should. Uh, I mean, we have the same head, the same brain. So it would be strange if we end up with the different test methods for for helmets. So so then we can have a little bit different thoughts and uh, ideas on how to do it. Uh, but it should end up with the same uh, products for the end consumer. Yeah, because that's not exactly
0: the case at the moment, right? There are there are similarities, but there's also significant differences between the I guess the three largest. Standards for hel- bicycle helmets out there, right? So you've got the CEN, the uh, CPSC, and the and the Australian version as well. Australian, New Zealand, I believe there are like qu- fairly significant differences between between them, or or am I offline on that?
1: No, yeah, there there are different, uh, little bit uh, different thinking behind the test methods, uh, pros and cons, so to say. But uh, all of them are today only measuring the linear compression properties of the helmet that is uh, related more to the risk for a skull fracture than the risk for a brain injury. And uh, yeah, the, the, there are uh, differences in, in the, the test methods. It will be sometimes problem, uh, problematic to optimize the helmet for all three. Yeah, we... we should i think end up in a more harmonized test standards between uh, or globally that will also make it easier for the helmet manufacturers to design uh, helmets it will reduce the cost and the cost is of course something that will uh, tell how many people that can can afford to buy a helmet
0: so i am I'm, I'm imagining that the helmet manufacturers are very keen for a single global standard here that they can just. Stick one one sticker on on one model of helmet, and not have to redesign it and have multiple uh, multiple versions of the same helmet manufactured. Uh, do you foresee a day where that where that happens? Do you
1: do you think that's a uh, possible? No, you don't. I don't. No, I cannot set a date. <laughs> I uh, I definitely okay. think it's possible. Okay. Yeah. So it's
0: even despite the conflicting shareholders involved, you think uh, there is a day where. Such a such a magical thing could could work out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always positive, and I always think there is a solution. So, if you ask me, yes, but maybe you ask someone else, they will say it's impossible. Okay, all right. So your glass
0: is normally half full. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. Before we wrap this up, I'm I'm keen to uh, dust off the crystal ball a little bit and uh, just get your thoughts on, I guess, ten years from now um where do you see cycling helmet safety do you think do you think there's still significant progress to be made in terms of making helmets safer or is it more just adapting existing technology making it more widespread no i
1: i, I mean we we hardly know what concussion is uh and concussion is a, a word of a it's a diagnosis. um definitely we will learn more about the brain we will know uh, more how to optimize uh both uh, the test methods and the helmets so uh this work will continue 50 years uh, at least that's just the it's the early days of the science in from your point of view uh, well we are uh, on on <laughs> Um, uh, in the middle I would say we are okay. adop- adopting now new yeah. uh, knowledge uh, that has been known for many years but now we adopt adopted it into helmets there is uh, a lot of work right now ongoing with uh, simulation tools virtual testing etc that um, uh, will definitely be part of the, the future uh, to use finite element uh, simulations both for testing and also for uh, measuring what's happening uh, inside of the head and the brain. So I think virtual testing is definitely the the future. Within, uh, and that will come, uh, which can come with within a couple of years or 10 years. Mm. And any, uh, on the, I guess, the physical
0: material side, are there any materials that you're excited about uh, that you've seen
1: being used today or is Yeah, that- definitely. Uh, there's a lot of things happening. Uh, I've seen helmets made of popcorn uh, and uh, then uh, you can uh, yeah so it it, it is uh, um, (laughs) 3D printing of course so uh, a lot of things are happening but in the end it should be uh, safe, cost effective, uh, environmental friendly Etc. So we we uh, we cannot do everything, and uh, maybe one part that will be also be very important is uh, recycling of uh, helmets, and um, uh, which is uh, I think a problem today. It's it's uh, can be uh, a lot of things uh, done also for for uh, the environmental questions. Yeah. Okay. Oh.
0: Peter, thank you for making us all safer. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, okay. Thanks for talking to you. So there you have it. A little peek behind the curtain of emerging helmet safety standards and what this might mean for future helmets. No doubt the Working Group 11 is looking to improve helmet safety from a scientific approach and the result will surely be better helmets for everyone. Meanwhile, the likes of Virginia Tech will likely still play an important role in helmet safety through the way it scores helmets giving consumers an important eye into how each surpassed the implemented standards and compare against one another. As for the helmets already claiming to be WG-11 certified, well, that's a little misleading at this time. I did try reaching out to Kask for a comment on this matter and didn't hear back at the time of publishing this episode. Certainly, it's early days for WG-11 in the public eye and it's one we'll follow as updates happen. And with that, that's a wrap on this week's Nerd Alert Deep Dive. Like much of our tech content, the Cycling Tips Nerd Alert Podcast is brought to you by Velo Club. Joining the Velo Club community helps support our content such as this very podcast. And it gives you access to our private chat groups, exclusive discounts, first access content, our annual print photo journal, and much more. And if you like the Nerd Alert Podcast, then tell your riding friends, your family, your neighbor, and your barista. Cheers, we'll see you next week.